This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Tim Stating the Obvious. In the last episode, we talked about how to get the most out of employee engagement through establishing organizational trust. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the second layer of our strategic triangle to build employee engagement, and that is through servant leadership, or as I like to call it, someone who cares. So remember how in the last episode, I say step one to building organizational trust is to seek understanding in all things? Well, guess what? And this episode, it's the same for building servant leadership and showing your people that you work with that you care about them, showing them that you genuinely care about them as human beings. According to Gallup, who I really like their data, not only because it's easy to use, but it's also global and regional. So you can see who's doing better in certain areas and who's not and kind of the reasons why. Uh, but anyway, uh, They say that the ratio of engaged to actively disengaged workers in the U.S. is 1.9 to 1, and that's down from 2.1 to 1 in 2021 and in uh, 2.6 to 1 in 2020. The annual record high for this ratio is 2.7 to 1, and that's in 2019. So that means basically for every three employees, you have one who isn't engaged. So you might think, well, that isn't so bad. However, as you apply that number to larger numbers of people, then that number gets worse. So let's assume that you manage a company of 500 employees. Only 263 people will be actively engaged and the remaining 237 aren't actively engaged at all. And they're dead weight for your company and you're paying them to be dead weight. Now I'm going to say this. It's 100% a leadership issue. HR can't fix this and the CEO can't fix this either. This solely rests with the leaders and the supervisors. However, the culture and climate for this to work, for this overarching strategy, has to start at the CEO level and be fostered down in every directorate, all the way down to the frontline worker. But what can we do? The first thing I'm going to say is that we need to seek to understand our people. You need to seek to understand your people. Understand who they are, not what they do. I'm going to say this again, what function a person performs on the job is not who a person is. Find out what's important to them, what motivates them uh, personally, and what do they value? You know, so a couple things that I do uh, when I first start a position and I start uh, working with new folks is I ask them, you know, what is important to you? Not just professionally, but personally. Uh, and a lot of people say, well, my family time is important to me. My time off is important to me. Um, you know, my job is important to me. You know, whatever it is that they say, I take a mental note of that. And if I have more than like three or four, I will, you know, write down a little index card and, and, and file it away uh, just because I won't be able to remember everything. But what I do is 
is I honor the things that they say is important to them. So if they say their family time is important to them, then if I don't have to, then I will not bother them during family time. And during family time, I mean any time that's outside the normal duty hours, the normal working hours of that position. I won't do it because that time is important to them. So if I know they're going on vacation, hey, that's family time. Goodbye. I'm not going to bother you with work. And and sometimes I violate that because I have to, but most of the time I won't because that's what's important to them. If they say their time off is important to them, then if they're doing a good job and they're getting their job done and everything else, it was like, hey, you know what? Why don't you why don't you just take the work home for a day? Why don't you go telework? Why don't you go, you know, take this off and, and go get you some personal time? Or hey, you know what? You're doing a great job. All this stuff can wait till tomorrow. Why don't you take off for the rest of the day and you know, we'll still pay in and take care of all that good stuff. Just just take off for the rest of the day. Because that's what's important to them. And then that way they see that you're seeking to understand what's important to them and what's valuable to them. And they will work so much harder for you. And and I'm going to get to this point in a little bit. Um, But it's really important to understand your people. Who are your people? And what motivates them? Uh, I was watching a video the other day and somebody was talking about how what they do. I thought it was pretty interesting is they ask them to write down, if money wasn't an option, what is one thing that you would normally buy yourself or you would like to buy yourself, but you don't because you know you just can't afford it? And then that person takes that and they look at what they write down. So for some people, you know, it's like a $200 bottle of perfume or it's a, you know, $400 to $800 purse or some type of bag, or some type of trip somewhere that they want to do. And what this person does is, during key points of the year, is they recognize this person publicly on how well that they're doing, and then they gift them that one thing that they said that they wouldn't buy for themselves because money was an option. And I thought about that, and I was like, wow, what better way to show somebody that you actually understand them, that you care about what they say. And then this goes into the second principle that we can do, which is publicly recognize people and give them recognition and praise for doing good work. And like I say, we got to do this all the time, like every single day, but I am saying, think about it this way. In the last two weeks, has anyone in your directorate job or company or organization given anyone public recognition or praise for doing above and beyond or hell i mean let's just say for you know just praise for doing what they're supposed to do have they if not you know if you're in the capacity to do that you might want to think about doing that because you're going to publicly recognize them never so one thing i never do is i never waste a moment with my seniors or people outside of my directorate to talk highly about my people you know, what do I mean by this? So in meetings with other people, and let's call this like a multifunctional or cross-functional board meeting, I talk about what X person did and how it impacted the organization. Or I showed a product that Y person developed that was well-received by everybody and mentioned how well they did and the time and effort they put into it to give that impact 
back to the organization. And then, you know, they'll, those people will be walking around the organization and somebody outside of my organization will stop the people that I mentioned. Say, hey, I saw the thing that you did. You did a really good job on it. Or, hey, I saw this thing that you did. You did a really good job on it. And then they come up to me later and go, how, how do they know that I did that? Well, you know, I just told them that you did it because you did it. You did a good job. Always recognize your people. You don't have to make it this big, grandiose thing. It's good to do those things, too, so everyone can see it. But never pass up the opportunity to big up your people. Talk good about your people to everybody else. I brag about my teams to everybody. How good they are. How awesome they are. How they're outperforming other people. Why? Because it's true, for one. And two, because it gets back to the people. Now, also, if there's any other type of public award or any other type of recognition uh, that somebody could potentially qualify for, um, I put them in for that. Uh, not because I think that the people on my team actually care about the award or the recognition, but I will say that I never saw anyone scowl or get mad because someone publicly stated to hundreds of people that they did a good job and it didn't go unnoticed. Well, I take that back. There was two people, but they were naturally like honorary people. Um, and that was just kind of like their demeanor. But everybody else was, you know, super happy that they got some type of public recognition. You know, who doesn't like to get recognized uh, for things publicly? It may be a little bit embarrassing. If it's never happened to you before, you're probably like, ah, I don't know what this is all about. But it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, so recognize your people. The third thing we can do as leaders is ask people about what they do in their time off before diving into conversations. And you may think this is weird. But let me float this by you here for a second. You just think about this. You just came back, you know, to work and you had two days off for the weekend. You've got a lot of things that you need to get done by the end of the week or the next two weeks. And you start dividing up your delegation list and who's going to do what. And someone comes into your office. You don't know what they're there for. And they start off by saying something like, hey, boss, or hey, Jim, sorry to bother you first thing in the morning dot, 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 right? And they're waiting. What is your response going to be? Is it just solely to find out what they're there to talk about because you're busy and you want to get back to doing the tasks that you want to do? Or do you just ask them how their weekend was? How is your family doing? Or do you, and do you actually listen to what they have to say? Or even better yet, if you knew on Friday what they were going to be doing this weekend, when they then stop by your office, or do you ask them how that thing went that shows them that you're actively listening to them, shows them that you actually cared about what they're doing, and it could be not even remotely related to what they came by to your office for, but if you cared that much to ask about what they did and then finding out what they're there for, the result you're going to get from somebody is dramatically different. You know, get people to talk about themselves. A lot of people don't like to, but get people to talk about themselves because it's not about you. It's about your people. If you find that you're talking more about yourself, then you're doing it wrong. You need to be talking about your people and you'd be interested in your people and getting your people talking about them. You know, if they tell you bad news, do you actively listen and show empathy? You know, you don't have to sympathize with them, but you can show empathy for them. 
And if you don't know the difference between empathy and sympathy, uh, I did a really good episode about a year and a half ago. Uh, so go, go check out the last season. And there's something about empathy and sympathy. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but go check that out. And, and he goes into, you know, emotional intelligence uh, and really about how to empathize with somebody without sympathizing with them. You know, if someone in the break room is acting differently do you go over and talk to them and find out what's going on and how you can listen to what's going on and you may not be able to help but listening helps believe it or not some people just like to get stuff off their chest and off their mind and they feel a little bit better you know do you encourage this behavior and foster it in your own team do you encourage other people who do that with other people and not just you so that People in the workplace know that, hey, my leadership cares about me and other people in my office care about me too. Or do you work in an office where you go, you know what? If I didn't show up today, nobody would know I wasn't even here and nobody would care. And probably if I didn't show up for two weeks, nobody would know and nobody would care. And and that right there really demoralizes people when they have that thought of, nobody cares. So, you know, actively seek out and talk to people and encourage your team to foster that same type of mentality of getting to know each other. You don't have to be buddy, buddy. In fact, you don't even have to like everybody on your team, but you should care about everybody on your team and caring and liking are two different things. Um, and, and that's hard, right? That's hard to do, you know, when, when people feel like somebody cares for them, they will do a whole lot for that or other person or that organization. You know, I have known people who have told me, hey, as soon as you leave, I'm out because the next guy who's coming in, they won't treat me right. Or, hey, did you know the only reason I stuck around in this position is because you're leading it? I actually put in my two weeks notice or actually put in my 30 day package and I was on my way out the door, but then I changed my mind. Uh, Because you're here. Or, hey, most recently, somebody said, I wished I hadn't quit that job because the way that you've turned that office and that culture and that environment around, I really would have liked to work in that environment. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm outstanding or even that I'm even remotely good. What I'm saying is, is that I just show that I care about the people on my team. You know, I serve my team. I seek where they are and reach to them where they are. And I don't expect them to reach back up to me at all. I wasn't always like this. And it took me years to learn this um, about people in general. Um, It's about serving them and making everyone's lives a little bit more rich, a little bit better, just by showing that you care. You know, part of, you know, one of my, my favorite memories of working in certain jobs is when you're just sitting in a vehicle and we I had this job where I had to ride in a vehicle with people and I would talk to the people who were in the car and I would just say, hey, wh- where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Where do you see yourself in seven years? Hey, what are you doing now to kind of go after that? Hey, what do you think about X topic and just listen to them and hear what they have to say? And I've had some people say, hey, you know, you're not like everybody else. We're like, no, you're right. I'm not. 
I'm not like everybody else, but I do care. And then, you know, I would always offer up some encouragement by saying, hey, if this is what you really want to do, go after it and get it. No one's going to tell you to go do it. So go do it. No one really, no one, and I hate to say this because I'm talking about someone cares. It's like nobody cares if you're happy with the status quo, but I care if you do better. So if that's something that you want to do, then go out and go do it. And then years later, I get people who call me up and say, hey, you know, thank you for that word of encouragement. I really appreciate it. I went after it. I got it. You know, I got this thing. You know, or even most recently, um, somebody went after something and they were trying to go after a better job and a better position and a better future. And it didn't quite work out. And they were a little bit surprised. I said, but you know what? That's okay. You are one step closer to achieving what you're going to achieve. Don't get me wrong. It sucks to be told no. And it hurts to be told no. And it's really not okay to, to be told, nah, you're not what we're looking for right now. But get the feedback on why they said no. Don't just take no for an answer. Get the feedback. Digest it. If this is something you really want to go after, take it, twist it to what you need to do, tweak the feedback, take the positive out of it, because now you have information you didn't have before. Now you know why they said no. Before you just knew the requirements. So now you got the requirements in, and now you know why they're telling you no. So then now you can build off of that knowledge and make your packet and your resume better so they can't tell you no the second time you apply. Just because you get a roadblock doesn't mean that it doesn't you know, that's it. You just keep trying again because that's what we do. You know, we just keep trying and it will eventually happen. If you want it, it will happen. And so, so those are the conversations that I really value having with people and not um, for anything other than I just care about people. People are important. Without people, we would not have the world. We would not have businesses. We would not have organizations. And people are more than just the workers who do the things to get you the profit. And if that's how you view people, get out of leadership, get out of the way, and let other people who actually care about people lead people. Because that's what's important. Taking care of people. If you are on a C-suite, you should not care about the customer. This is probably going to be the most like sacrilegious thing. People are going to say, no, you can't say that. You have to care about the customer. No, you got people who care about the customer more than you do. You care about those people more than you care about the customer and let them care about the customer. So therefore, you can get better results. And all I'm just saying is, is that if we showed more empathy and care and created and cultured, cultivated and, uh, and fostered, positive work environments, just think about how better a workplace would be. And if that thought isn't enough, then did you know that a research study uh, done by a research advisory firm called Burson by uh, Deloitte found 85% of businesses, uh, business leaders globally believe engagement is important and that organizations with strong employee engagement scores generate revenue growth at a rate 2.5 higher, 2.5 times higher than companies with lower engagement rates. So who wants to be 2.5 times better than their competition? I know I do. Any day of the week I do because I'm a very competitive person. So the second level of this pyramid is to genuinely show that you care about your people and that you care about your organization and that you are there to serve them. By being a servant leader, you show that you 
care and that you foster a positive culture that emulates and perpetuates this behavior and engagement with employees. Now, if you like this episode, you're going to love the last part of this three-part episode. And that is, well, so you're just going to have to wait until I release it. Because if I tell you, I almost told you in the last one, because I get carried away with these things. Uh, sometimes I get so wrapped up and I get so passionate about a topic. And I start talking, talking. I'm like, wait, nope, I got to break up. I got to break it out. Um, this is probably one of the longest episodes I've done. That's because I'm so passionate about it, but I also want to condense it down in enough time that you can get it and not be too much. So as always, thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. Before we go, I, if I could ask a favor of you, if you could please share this episode with one or two people who might like this topic, and if you haven't followed or subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to, please hit that button and the alert icon so that you know when we post another one. I don't want to waste your time. If you got value out of this episode, please leave a review or comment so we can help spread the show with other people who might be interested in the topic but don't know we exist yet. Again, thank you for stopping by. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.